Hello, I'm Paula Jenkins, a transformative life coach and retreat leader. Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that talks about the stories of people following their hearts, finding work that lights them up, and looking at how joy plays a part in their journey. To learn more about this podcast, head on over to jumpstartyourjoy.com. And if you want to find out more about me, you can go to my website at paulajenkinsonline.com. Welcome to episode 16 of Jumpstart Your Joy. Today we have a live virtual audience and they are on a webinar. So if you're interested in seeing the webinar version of this, you could go over to jumpstartyourjoy slash goals, uh, where you can also get a copy of uh, some of the handouts that I'm going to be referencing as we go forth in this podcast. So thank you. I hope you guys are all having a great holiday season. Uh, as of recording, we are on December 22nd of 2015. Um, I'm going to be going over a few things today on how to plan your goals going into the future. It's a method that I used as I was looking at my 2015 year back in 2014. Um, so I think it's really, it's a great way to try and get your arms around a lot of stuff that you want to do, but also keep it high level enough that it's not overwhelming and make it heart-centered enough that you are engaged and really want to do it. So, without further ado, as I like to say, I bring to you the heart-centered goals for 2016. What are heart-centered goals? They are goals that resonate with you at a deep level. I want to be super clear as we get into this that the goals we're talking about for this are going to be a little bit different than maybe stuff you've done in the past, which is kind of exciting. It means you get to let go of some of your old thinking and think in a new way. Um, but these are goals that resonate with you at a really deep level. Another way of thinking about it is these are the things that maybe you feel like you were born to do. They're going to speak to your greater purpose and not just your to-do list. As we get into this a little bit more, I know that I'm a person that is very to-do list oriented. As I say in a little bit, you know, like I am definitely a recovering project manager. And so anytime I can put my arms around a to-do list, I'm really motivated by that. I don't even remember the, the scientific information around this, but you get a release of serotonin or whatever that says, yay, when you check off something on a to-do list whether or not it's a big goal. So just keep in mind that that just because you've checked something off, I don't know if that's actually the thing that you're striving for in a bigger picture. I will also say that these heart center goals are something that have a much bigger picture in mind. Like I said, they're a greater purpose and not just something on your to-do list. You can often feel these in your body. There's an energy that goes with these kinds of goals, kind of one that dances in something that I've been describing all year is the realm of excited and terrified. So it's that kind of healthy space of being like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I am doing this thing, but then just going for it. So it takes some courage. If the definition of courage is feeling the fear, but diving in anyway, or or feeling the fear, but deciding that something is more important than that fear, this is in that space. Um, you're going to have to dig in a little bit deeper. Uh, when you pick these things, they might feel slightly rebellious because maybe these go, they kind of fly in the face of all these things that you've been told your entire life that you should do. Um, these maybe aren't the things that you should do <laughs> by someone else's definition. These are things that you're deciding that you want to do. These are the goals that make your heart sing and that make you feel alive. 
you may have put them aside for a while as you chased other dreams, and you may not have been in tune with them for a long time. The next piece about this flies in the face, quite frankly, of a lot of the stuff that I would have believed to be true or would have professed even two or three years ago. And so this part, I'm calling it smarter than smart. If you've done any goal setting workshops in the past, you will know that many of them start with what they call the SMART method. SMART method. And these are specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-framed goals. So I'm a recovering project manager, which I may have already said. I'm also a definite people pleaser, or have been, and I have perfectionist tendencies. So if you can tell me that something is specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-framed, I'm going to go nuts for it because it, it sets off all those things about me, this kind of high achiever piece. Like, I know I can do this. There's a way to do it. There's a specific path to do it. There's something in that word realistic that makes it really appealing because I know I can get it done. But this is easy to get hung up in, right? Like, because when you know that something has all of those check marks next to it, it means that there's a checklist and there's a right way. And this is like, I wrote, like, this is what the good girl loves. Well, I mean, kind of in the Elsa, like, <laughs> frozen way, if you don't mind me referencing that. But, like, this is, like, something that is achievable. Um, and for today, for your heart-centered goals, I'm going to encourage you to throw out that method. Get rid of it. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> to go back to Elsa. Um, I want you to throw out the thinking that goes with that. Why, why you might ask, if it works so well for so many people, how can they all be wrong? Well, because by being all of those things, by being specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-framed, it means that you have to judge or you're placing judgments on every goal that you create before you even write it down. Are you getting what I'm saying here? By putting those parameters of specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-framed, you are saying, if it's not in these things, it doesn't go on my list. And I think that's, that's cutting off your wings. That's, that's telling you what's possible before you've even decided for yourself if you want to do it. So I'm encouraging you to let those things go because it means you have to aim for a specific target. And it means that you have to limit yourself to a very narrow set of things that fit into those SMART goals. Who is this for? Who would benefit from heart-centered goals? I would say that it's people who have a sense that there's something that they want to rediscover in, about themselves in their lives, that they have a sense that there's a dream that's just below the surface that they really want to get to. If you're someone who does well with a big goal, if you can self-direct or research details to get somewhere and you can do that on your own I think this is a great place for you to be self-starters anybody who can hold themselves accountable are highly driven maybe somebody you're you're someone that they would consider an overachiever anybody a type a personality recovering people pleasers and project managers you could totally do this you've led teams you know how to get stuff done and so now really what I'm asking you to do and what we'll go through in just a little bit is how do you get to the heart of what you really want, not those other should lists, what you really want, and I want you to aim for the sky, aim for the stars, <laughs> and then we're going to write it down. 
We're not going to do that yet. But on the flip side, this methodology may not work for you if you tend to be the kind of person that abandons projects before they get completed. If you get frustrated to the point of you want to quit on most things, if you're looking for the easy way out, or if you need rigid external accountability to complete tasks. I don't know that those folks would get a ton out of this methodology. A last minute decision, I added in a little bit about motivation. This was from another presentation that I did, and I found it to be really interesting and helpful that Gretchen Rubin, who wrote The Happiness Project, also has a newer book, and I think it's um, better than before. I'll link that up in the show notes for you guys. And what she talks about in that book is, I mean, it's not all about this, but there's really four different kinds of people, and they are motivated by different things. Now, going back to the previous bit about who this heart-centered goal planning would work for, I think it's really important to understand if you are the kind of person that likes rigid external expectations set on you and that's how you are good at achieving a goal, well, that you are probably someone that she would call an obliger. You fit in that, in that tendency group, meaning you meet outer expectations, but maybe you resist inner expectations. If you're in that obliger group and that like resonates with you, there's probably better ways. Maybe the SMART methodology is the one that would work for you. And I encourage you to go look that up and I'll send a link, I can link up to it. But if you are an upholder who meets outer and inner expectations, if you are a questioner who resists outer expectations but meets inner expectations, and I really do believe that if you are a rebel who resists outer and inner expectations, you may get something out of this. And I say the rebel maybe because it's very possible that once you ask your heart what you want, the rebel is going to be quieted because the rebel doesn't always get what it wants. <laughs> you know, kind of your inner rebel. It may be just be waiting for you to say, hey, what do you want? What do you want, inner rebel? And when you ask them, they may have a whole litany of things that they would love to do. And you may be totally inspired. There is an interesting podcast interview. I believe she was on Lewis Howe's School of Greatness. So I will link that up too because it gave a really lovely overview of how Gretchen explains these four tendencies. And I found it very interesting. Also explained for me why I really don't do well with an accountability buddy. And that's another thing I'm not going to suggest. <laughs> Maybe you love them. I don't. <laughs> and in fact, I find that I start to rebel against having an accountability buddy because it makes me feel trapped and like, I don't know, it just, it doesn't resonate with who I am. So that might mean that I am, <laughs> I'm a questioner, that I resist outer expectations, but I meet inner expectations. So questioners, rebels, welcome. <laughs> You're amongst friends. I will also say a while ago, my friend Kathleen Davies, I believe, introduced me to this idea. And Kathleen is episode one of the Jumpstart Your Joy podcast, which I will also link up because she is an amazing Presbyterian minister now and a dear friend and uh, just a, has a gorgeous message for, for everyone. But she introduced me to this quote by Lewis Carroll, which is is from Alice in Wonderland and I believe it's the Mad Hatter is talking to Alice after she shrunk at some point. And he says, you're not the same as you were before. You were much more, muchier. You've lost your muchness. 
And there's just something in this word about remembering your muchness. Like what makes you, you? What makes you that elevated version of you? And there's something just so beautiful about the scene itself. It's in the movie with uh, Johnny Depp. Uh, but there's something so beautiful about that moment. Like about her being so tiny and playing small and like maybe not living up to her expectations in that moment. Like it's just very symbolic of what happens when we're not living into our muchness. So as we start to go into this heart-centered goal setting, I want you uh, to remember your muchness. And I personally am also going to give you permission to let go of the constraints that limit what you think you can do or what you've been told is possible. So if you're feeling, and I've listed out this really long list of words, but if you are feeling stuck, frustrated, overwhelmed, confused, burnt out, bored, restricted, limited, undervalued, ignored, unloved, then I want you to remember your muchness. And maybe just, I'll put that as a quote uh, as part of these show notes too, but maybe just pin that somewhere if that's speaking to you. So as you start to feel things, feeling restricted or whatever, maybe just remember, like there is a muchness to you. There's a muchierness to you and you just need to get back to it. I will say, based on the muchierness or the muchness, that this is a this is a great quote from Alan Alda, which uh, of all places, he's actually a pretty amazing guy. But this is the place where no one else has ever been. You have to leave the city of your comfort and go into the wilderness of your intuition. What you'll discover will be wonderful. What you'll discover is yourself. But how, right? Maybe you're asking that now. But how? This sounds awesome, but I don't know how to do this. I've been taught for so long that there is a way and that I should be invested in what other people think I should be doing. And and so how do I do this? The first step is spending a little time. And so I'm going to walk you through what, what we're going to do next. Spend a little time meditating on what your heart wants. And maybe that's not something you've done before, but it'll be a lead meditation. And I think it's very enjoyable. Then we're going to do a fast and furious journal exercise to get all those things that your heart wants after we've listened to what it says for a little bit. We're going to get it all onto paper. Then we're going to sort through them using my 10 and 3 exercise, which is the very thing that got me to a very focused place so that I could achieve a great number of things in this last year. And then I want you to, in a few days, review it and then commit to it although remaining flexible in what the outcome will be. And so those are the steps. So here we go. Um, I have a meditation prepared. I encourage you to get in a really comfortable space. You can put, if you're holding anything, I mean, unless it's your phone, but like put it all, put it down, kind of just get comfortable where you are. If you're on the podcast side though, I want to be super clear that this is something that's kind of a visualization. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. So please, if you're driving in the car, um, maybe pause and come back to this or don't close your eyes. <laughs> Not that I should have to say that, but please take care of yourself. So if you would join me in closing your eyes, <sighs> take a deep breath and one more. And I want you to just... Think of yourself sitting wherever it is that you are, but surrounded by a bubble. It goes over your head, around your sides, 
and it keeps you safe and in this space and nothing else can get in. Whatever else you've brought to this moment from this day, from this crazy week, <laughs> from all this planning of this holiday season, I invite you to just push it outside that bubble. It's out there for a little bit, on its own, doing its thing. And you are here with your thoughts and peace and quiet. Draw your attention to whatever is supporting you. Maybe it's your chair or the floor. Feel it beneath you. Thank it for its support. Check in on your fingers and your toes. Maybe give them a little wiggle. Maybe you haven't thought about them recently. Become aware of what you feel when you stretch your fingers out. Just get in touch. Next, I, wanted, I want you to turn your visualization further inward and visualize a bright, glowing gift that is housed in your chest. It's just sitting in there, it is yours. And you can think about what color is it? What shape is this gift? Take a moment to really notice it. Taking in its beauty. Taking in its details. As you look at the gift, Take notice, has it been sitting there a long time? Is it shiny and new, or is it a little bit dusty? And what are your emotions about this gift and finding it here in this quiet moment? Are you curious about what is inside? Are you excited? terrified, perhaps skeptical of having found something. This gift is for you and it is the gift of your heart. Inside is your deepest desire. Inside is the thing that or the things that you yearn to do. Knowing that, you open your gift and you notice how is your inclination to go slow and careful or are you like a little child ripping the paper excitedly to see what is inside? And there in this box, are the things that your heart yearns for most. Notice what these are and do not judge them. Take them out, notice, hold each idea, each thing in your hand, feel it, 
take inventory of what it means to you. Notice that each thing has a purpose. It has belonged to you and it is tied to you. You may recognize some of these things immediately. And there may be something else in this box that makes no sense or is that is totally unexpected. Don't judge what's in there. For now, you are just observing. We'll take a moment here for you just to observe what's in there. If you want to pause here for any reason, you could. You could go back to this box anytime. These gifts are there and they are yours. Next, um, I would ask that you go grab your journal. I should have mentioned that you may need one at the top of this. But next, we're going to go ahead and do a fast and furious journal exercise to get all those things that your heart wanted out on paper. But as you come back from looking and seeing these gifts, it's a good time to record what you saw. So again, if you're on the podcast, just hit pause if you need a few minutes. I'd recommend five minutes. It's going to be something that you're doing quickly, top of mind stuff, and just dump it on the paper. A little quote here that I found by Walt Disney around here. However, we don't look backwards for very long. We keep moving forward, opening up new doors and doing new things because we're curious. And curiosity keeps leading us down new paths. Here's the lead in for this other thing that is the next step. So once you have this list of things that you know and that you've just discovered that your heart really wants, and maybe you've been through this before recently even, or maybe you haven't before and it's exciting. So <laughs> I'm glad you took the moment to explore and look and see what your heart is yearning for. I think that idea came to me actually from um, a mentor of mine named Father Rusty, who's his mentor. <laughs> this is kind of a funny story. He said that as he was um, discerning whether he should become an ordained priest or not, he had a mentor that he kept going back to. And every week <laughs> this mentor would say, but Rusty, what is the deepest desire of your heart? And he would come back each week, you know, and say, well, it's this. And um, he tells the story better than me, obviously. But like, you know, that he wants to help people. And the, and the guy says, nope, that's not it. Come back and tell me again. And so Rusty kept getting sent back again and again. And what he came back with the final week um, was that he wants to dance and to invite others into the dance. And finally, his mentor was satisfied with that answer. So this may be one of those things that you dive into and you dig deeper and deeper until it's really clear and spend some time doing it. Um, but once you know what those things are and you have a big list, I got to this point probably mid-2014, so over a year and a half ago. And what I was trying to figure out is, well, I had already figured out that I wanted to sign up to become a certified life coach. And knowing that and knowing that that milestone and that training was coming up for me in the next, oh, I started January of this year. So in the next eight months or so from when I was starting down, starting down the path, of, okay, what else do I need to do? I came up with this, this idea that I would come up 
with what I now call my 10 and 3. It's 10 things that I want to do in the next three years. I know that like the 100 and 100, the bucket list, all of those are very popular. And it is fun to have a big, long running list of things to do or accomplishments. Uh, but I want to be super clear that these things that are on your 10 in 3 are focused. These are not someday wishes. These are not things that I'll do when I get a chance. These are things I want to do in the next three years. And so I limited my list to 10, which I think was key. Because if you think about it, and we'll get into it in just a minute, that meant that I was limiting them to three a year, basically. And that way I could get really focused. And it also meant that I didn't get myself into the tailspin of overwhelm because that is also really dangerous. The other piece that I'll say leading up to this is that contextually, um, where I had been over the last even 20 years is that my background is from an educational standpoint of religious studies. I have both a master and uh, bachelor of arts, religion and religious studies. I had been le leading retreats for 11 years. Now, that's a long time. <laughs> um, most of it was a volunteer basis, and I loved it. I don't, I don't want to make it sound like that was something that I didn't enjoy doing. That's actually, so from religious studies to retreat leading was what brought me to work with a life coach myself um, and realized that, hey, I want to do more of this retreat kind of thing, um, but how? And so... Once I started to figure that out, I found I was really resonating with the idea of becoming a life coach and went down that path. So that's that's the daisy chain of events that's led me up to kind of 2014 when I sat down to do this list. And at this point, I will go ahead and I'm going to share my screen and you guys can see what it was that I came up with. I think that's sharing um, in 2014. And here they are, and I've marked off which ones are done, but for some context as well. So get married in October, which I did. <laughs> we were already engaged, though, so that wasn't like this weird. I mean, sometimes that works for people, you know, put it on the list if you're single and you need to do that. Um, passing the project management professional exam. As I say here, I'll go come on back. Life coach training, I already had signed up for it, and I knew I wanted to do it in the next three years. Building my blog and other social media channels, that's underway, and it is a concerted effort. I do pay attention. Um, planning a retreat for entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, it did happen. It, it morphed into something else, which was exciting. Begin taking clients is number six, yes. Graduate from CCTP, which is Courageous Coaching Training Program, in October, yes, did it. Um, and then still... For 2016, I had listed, and these were what were standing as of mid-2014. I have not changed these. Work on, work on jumping off as, on my own as a coach and take time to hang out with my son who has the stage name of Zoom. I don't, for whatever reason, I don't usually use his real name when I'm on social media. Um, and then the very kind of vague and lofty, get my company going and kick butt. The idea here is that of this big list, and Jill, I'm, you may have jumped in after, but what we just did was do a list of heart-centered items, um, kind of asking our heart what it is that it really yearns for, spending like five, ten minutes writing all of that down, letting go of the shoulds, don't judge it as it comes out, and then you're going to hit this list where there's ten things that you want to do in three years. 
my handy dandy download <laughs> has the three years laid out and it has three things under each year. And then 10 is kind of this movable, random uh, bonus item that could go under any of your three years. So if you guys would, using this format, and you could later move your goals over to the 10 and three list if that helps you, meaning that's the PDF version that I've given you, but maybe just look over that list that you just created and see what resonates with your heart. Again, we're doing heart-centered goals. So are there 10 that you know you just really want to do over the next three years? Are there three that you know you just really want to do over the next three years? Maybe highlight, circle, you know, put a star next to them as you're looking on your longer list. And I'm willing to bet that as you look at that list, there might be a couple of those that come up that totally surprise you in one way or another. Be open to those. Sometimes those are the, those are the craziest and most interesting ones to follow. The other thing I'll say is as I was looking at how to get to where I wanted to go, you know, taking into consideration the idea of baby steps. So at this point in time, if your heart is saying, and I'll go back to one of the things my heart told me, it was, I want to go back and take some acting classes, which as a project manager working in an advertising firm, this is pre-2014, like that seems out of left field. Like I want to take acting classes. I listened and I did it and I moved from acting to doing improv, which I think actually really helped form some of my love of kind of being in the moment. And it's actually really helped with coaching, which is amazing to me. And it also gave me this outlet. Like, I think it also improved my ability to then speak kind of in an improvisational manner. So if I'm doing a podcast, I feel like I can stay in the moment and ask the person a question because I've been really with them the whole time. So what I'm saying is if your heart is saying, I wish I could take improv, well, <laughs> write it down and maybe that's one of those things that you take into consideration as you look at your goals for the next year. I would love to hear if you guys want to say in the comments some of, I guess here's a good question. Is there something about one of these that came, comes up for you that you're like, whoa, that's out of left field? Or is there one on your list that you're like, yeah, when I asked my heart what it wanted, I've always loved writing poetry or, you know, I've always loved fill in the blank. I can't believe I don't still do that. I would love to hear if there's one of those for you guys. I encourage you if you want to pause this again, spend a little more time with it, but we will look at my 10 and three and what actually happened with it. Because as you, after you've written this out, I want you to just write it down and keep it somewhere where you can access it in the next day or so. I want you to come back to it in less than a week. Come back to this thing. See if these pieces, these 10 things that you want to do in the next three years resonate still. There might be something, here's the other gotcha I want, to warn, I want to warn you about. I feel like when I do these exercises with clients, both the 10 and 3 and values, which if you want to work on those ever, I would be happy to work with you on them. Um, but identifying what your values are. If you haven't done it in a while, it's a great exercise. But the gotcha here is that almost inevitably, clients will come back and say, you know what? There's one thing that I left off my list and I can't even believe it. Like um, clients often say, oh my gosh, this value thing uh, for me, I didn't put down organized. I'm a project manager by trade. Like 
that organization wasn't a value threw me like for a loop that I didn't list that on there. In my own list, um, the project management professional thing, that actually wasn't something I wanted, but that was a huge should. And we'll come back to that. So Robin, I see your question about how did you narrow down your list? I'm overwhelmed with ideas. That's a really great question. Let me think. So I would recommend if there's something, you know, is there a way to tear this back? So if, because I don't know what some of your goals are, but if, if you are thinking that in the next year or so, let's just go, you, you want to start a business. Um, I would say that in the 10 in three, make sure that some of the early steps are represented there. So like, um, I know a friend that in order for her to start a business, I was just talking to her yesterday, she had to, um, disengage with another business that she had started a while ago or find a new resource so that they could take on some of the heavy lifting that she does day to day for that business. So one of her 10 and three, I don't, I don't know, but if it was to start a business in the near term would have been identify someone to take over XYZ business. Um, so some of it might be a little bit of that, like timeline ish, you know, sequencing. Some of it, I don't know if you want to give more of an example. Um, some of it might be that just listen to what's standing out the loudest. And that might be something that you just need to put on, you know, rest for rest on for a night or whatever, and really think about, okay, well, I want to draw, I wish I could do improv, and I want to do this. I mean, maybe it could be that you say, I want to take one creative outlet and follow that, whichever one's screaming at you the loudest, <laughs> knowing that you can't do all of them. And, it, you know, you could try them all. Or, if there's all, if they bundle into a larger category, um, like in mine, I said something about, um, you know, build social media. Well, turns out I really, I love Instagram best, but if I had put grow Instagram, go grow Pinterest, grow like, you know, those marketing things. Well, when I got to grow, grow Twitter following, that would have fallen apart because, you know, it's just, that wasn't the interest. So you might put in, find time to do creative work once a week then that's something that you could you you can do and you can also it gives you room to narrow it down as the year goes by i don't know if that helps the 10 and 3 so the stuff i've completed got married um i changed out number two it became uh, clear to me that i didn't really care that much about becoming pmp certified and so I let it consciously go. It wasn't something that I just went, and eh, I think I'll flake on that. It was, it was a decision that then once it had been on that list, I had decided that it was important. So to release it from the list had to become a very intuitive, an intuitive and conscious decision to do that. That went away. What that did make when I let go of it, what it did make is time for a podcast, which is, hi, what I'm doing right now. Life coach training, we already know that these next ones are done, but I felt like, so the PMP thing deserved a little call out. Also, number five, um, planning a retreat, changed focus, which I think is also important, is not to be so rigidly attached to some of these goals that they have to be X, Y, or Z, but that you actually leave them room to breathe. And maybe some of that would help, Robin, if you are like, ah, I think something in here is important. We'll put down kind of the bigger thought. And maybe my better call out for number five in the past would have been, 
plan a, a retreat on my own, which is really the heart of what I was going after. Because many of the retreats I'd led before were as a contracted leader at a retreat center. This was the first one that I had done all on my own. So in 2016, I still have build business, hang out with my son, and create. So I changed 10. Um, so from kick butt or whatever to create create a collaborative e-course or something with a colleague. Um, and I've got a couple of those underway. And then the next seven. So as I look at this, now that I've got seven crossed off over the last two years, what are the next ones? And here they are. These are crazy. And this is the big reveal for these. <laughs> like, I've not shared these with anyone. We'll see what happens. Plan a summer in Israel with my family. Have Boy George, Liz Gilbert, Betty White, and Ram Das on the podcast. Whew, that's a big list. Redo the kitchen. Build the monkey slash office in the yard. Build out multiple income streams, because if I want to go solo on this thing, I've got to have some breadth to what is um, bringing in money. So coaching, e-courses, physical product, and product, or sorry, podcast sponsorship. If you're listening, sponsors, I'm ready for you. And then I would love to mastermind create a consultant relationship with a large company locally to create coaching and team building curriculum for them, where I'd be a freelancer and come in on the fly and do this stuff. Um, and then land a speaking big, sorry, speaking gig at a conference. Okay, so Robin, you said it helps. Good. Holler if you have other questions, though. We could totally, uh, you know, jam on that at another time if you want. So those are them. After the 10 and 3, like I said, I suggest yearly check-ins. Um, make a point to revisit this at least once a year. Um, especially if something comes up that you're like, hey, that's not fitting anymore. I think I need to change it up. Know that perfect isn't the goal here. This is really a means of how to focus. Because you'll be working towards each of things, these things over the large, sorry, the longer, larger year. And that's where you'll get momentum. But there's no perfection involved here. <laughs> Try and let it go. As I've said before, this is not about accountability. It's about compassion, community, and connection. And so another recommendation I would have is if you start to see something like improv come up, for example, with me, improv comes up, find a way to find other people that want to do that. Even if it's not a sport or, or something that you have to do with a group, find a way to connect with other people that have a similar interest. Even if it's just a Facebook community, I've found a lot of great people doing podcasting on Facebook communities. And it's been immensely helpful because otherwise I would have felt alone. It's an alone sport, right? A sport. <laughs> it's an alone event, but it doesn't mean that I have to be alone in doing it. So I would encourage you, not accountability buddies, but connection and community will help you get there. My next one is if you hear what I call the lady, your inner lady with a clipboard, this comes <laughs> uh, what from Debbie Ford's The Dark Side of Light Chasers, which I'll also link up. She talks about these inner personalities and not from a schizophrenia standpoint, but like these, these inner voices that maybe you have that direct you to do stuff. And so one of my coaching friends and I came up with this. I realized that I have a lady with a clipboard that's on my bus and she, this inner lady with a clipboard is often very bossy and telling me what to do. And she would show up if I let her and like judge and compare my 10 and three with traditional smart rules and say, well, this isn't, you know, 
It just says podcast. You need to put a time frame around this. There's thing. There's a right way to do this. And so if you have an inner lady with a clipboard that shows up, respectfully dialogue with her and find out what can we do to make you feel more comfortable, lady with the clipboard. She's got hopes and dreams for how this thing's going to go. She probably just is looking out for you and wants you to feel comfortable. So it's kind of like an inner mom or something. Get her to the place where she's not screaming and you're not feeling panicked. Um, if one of these things no longer serves you, makes your heart sing, or lights you up in six, six months or so, let it go. Just replace it. There's other things on that list. You can make room for it. If it's sat there and you're like, I just can't bring myself to do this thing, well, then it's probably not one of the things that belongs on your 10 and 3. And last but not least, but if you're abandoning everything on this list, six months, you know, it's just like a, a rotating door, I would say that you're probably not really clear on what you want to do and some of this stuff just sounds good. Um, so if you're finding that you're just abandoning everything all the time, I think there's different work that you probably want to do to see what really fits and what you need. If you want to schedule to like 30 minutes is this what I've set aside. After going through this and you have questions, Robin, I'd love to chat with you. <laughs> Let's just jump on the phone and talk. If there's pieces of this that like resonated with you or you feel like you need more direction or you just want a friendly person to talk to about it. Like, just let's talk. I would love to talk to you. So I will also put that in the show notes for anybody looking for a life coach. That's what I do. I'm a certified life coach and love working with people who are trying to transition through things, who are looking for what they want to kind of do next, are rediscovering themselves. If that earlier part about burnt out, bored, frustrated, trapped, <laughs> if all that resonates with you, I have totally been there and I would love to help you get through to whatever the next thing is. So you can go to jumpstartyourjoy.com um, slash goals and I will have the link there or there's also a coaching tab at the top of Jumpstart Your Joy and that will get you to my form. Um, I will also... And people on the podcast, I will also, um, I will also be doing a giveaway for the little kit and it will have some prompts and you can write your 10 and 3 on it. It's a little journaling exercise and it's fun. Those and a journal, two, two things together in the same package. So leave your comments below on um, jumpstartyourjoy.com slash goals. I will pick a winner in one week, so the 29th. So next week on Jumpstart Your Joy, I have a really awesome interview with Brooke Sydney Jackson. She is the mastermind behind Bella and the Babe, uh, which is a really wonderful website with lots of tools for mamas. Uh, she has a young son who is almost two, and she just really loves helping moms navigate the waters of becoming a new mom, like going through pregnancy, going through a difficult birth. like. That's her sweet spot. She also just created an amazing planner, uh, which she talks about the creation of that. So kind of dovetails with today's episode. And then the first Tuesday in January, I am so excited to announce that I have Marla Silly, who is the fly lady, and she does all sorts of amazing work about finally loving yourself, which is what fly stands for. Uh, she also does stuff with home, zone cleaning, and whatnot. And uh, I think you're really going to love meeting her. So I wish you the happiest of holidays. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And I just hope that your days are filled with so much joy. <laughs>